Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, We also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, It's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If If you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Brian Doubt. Brian is the owner of Skookum Exploration Services in Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to hear some of your story. Uh, first of all, tell us about what you do at Skookum Exploration Services. Um, it's a very, it's a unique um, uh, business. There's a very small number of us that actually do this. Uh, so in, in mineral exploration, when, they, when they're exploring for a, a mineral deposit, they'll do what's uh, called core drilling. So they will, they will try to get uh, uh, rock cores from deep under the earth, you know, up to a couple thousand feet deep sometimes. Sometimes it's only, you know, a few hundred meters deep. And um, when they're when they're going to put the drills on some of the areas that are very rugged and rough they they use heli portable drill rigs and when they set those up those drill rigs need to be set on a on a work platform so usually it's a it's a wooden structure that the drill sits on and uh, while they do while the drill does its uh its work so my company skookum uh, we build the drill platforms or the drill pads, as they're called, for the drills to sit on when they do when they do their exploration work. Oh, that's so, so cool! Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> kind of unique. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I, I'm uh, I I find it fascinating. I know nothing about um, uh, you know, your industry or how you do that actual work, and I think that's what you know. I love hearing that because I'm just you know. I'm just like amazed, uh, I guess, like, like a child with the looking at, uh, you know, a, a Tonka trunk, a Tonka truck or something. I'm like, I don't know how you guys do that, but it's very cool. Um, so uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, let's, let's learn about you and your story. Now, I, I want to start by asking you about um, if we go back to the beginning and actually uh, think back to your childhood, Brian, what, what were some of the moments or themes from that season of your life that really shaped you into the leader you are today? Um, well, as a, I'm a middle child, so I don't know if that has any bearings on it, but I, I was kind of a very self-directed kind of person from as long as I can remember. My parents were pretty, they, they gave us a lot of freedom and maybe that was the way, you know, kids were a little more free range in my generation. And I, and I grew up in a small town. Um, I don't think my mother ever told me once what I had to wear or that I had to eat something I didn't like or whatever. So, so very young, I had a lot of freedom and I had a lot of choices to make myself. And I always, I remember always making my own choices. Um, you know, I've got a couple of school pictures to prove what kind of choices I made. I, I dressed up in a Hawaiian shirt one year and uh, the whole puka shell necklace, 
even though I'd never been to Hawaii, but that was what I wanted for my school picture. So my first grade picture, I was sitting there with dress pants and a blazer on, the only kid dressed like that. So I always was like that. I remember when I, uh, I joined Air Cadets at uh, 13 and I didn't ask anybody's permission. I just said, well, I'm going to join Air Cadets. Can you please sign this permission slip? So it was always self-directed for myself. So the, as, a, as, a, as a kid, I always felt full autonomy over my life and did what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, within reasonable parameters from parents. And um, when I was in cadets, I really took to that type of leadership of, you know, direct communication. You know, the, the, the cadets are like a, you know, a teen version of, you know, young adult version of the military. Um, and we got a lot of training from the, from cadets. I went to two summer camps and a lot of other activities and outings, you know, besides marching around, you, you, you know, you learned a lot of things. Um, I learned rappelling and rock climbing, and I learned a lot of other uh, outdoor skills and whatnot from that program. So I really liked that style early on. That was sort of the style of leadership that I was attracted to the military style of leadership and it always made sense to me because it was very mm. clear and yeah. concise and there was no talking back there was no questioning you just did it and um i think it was good for me at that time yeah i think there's a lot to be said i've had um quite a few people come on the podcast um from the military who've who've talked about um, and it's really been eye-opening for me to understand leadership in in the military in different parts of the world. And and I've really, I think you hit the nail on the head with what you just said there about being clear and concise. And I think so much of leadership, it means why I call why I called my company Clarity. So much of leadership hangs on how clear you are. And when you're unclear, you set yourself and everyone who's following you up for um, trouble. And when you're very, very clear. Um, it makes everything a lot easier. So uh, I, I can see how that would be a really valuable leadership lesson at a, at a young age. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's sort of that always, you also have to be able to, you know, when, you, when you're in the military, you have to take being able to be yelled at and, you know, abused to some degree. They probably don't do that to cadets like they did when I was young, but the clarity is what I really like. I think that that, Oh, that set a standard for me when I would communicate with people later on. It was always clear what I expected and what I what I wanted and what the consequences of of activities would be. So um, I think that mm. I've always tried to do that uh, throughout my leadership activities. You know, when I've been in leadership positions. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I find it fascinating to hear about, um, like you said, around your childhood and how your parents gave you so much freedom. How, how has that played out in your journey as an entrepreneur and as a leader? Have you, have you, like, have you seen some of the patterns, some of the fingerprint of what you learned at a young age, being able to really go and, and confidently create, make your own choices? Is that evident for you in your, um, in your leadership journey so far? Uh, yeah, I think some of it I was born with. You know, I would, <laughs> yeah, I would have little businesses going when I was a kid, not like business businesses, but, you know, if I wanted to 
to raise money, I would go try to get a job. I'd mow lawns. I'd do other things like that. So usually when I was young, usually the money was the motivator. My first job I got when I was 12, and that was, you know, cleaning tables and washing dishes at a, at a, at a small fast food restaurant in the town I grew up in. And um, so that was really good as a 12-year-old getting minimum wage, working eight hours a day, five days a week for the summer was great. You know, it was such a great experience as a 12-year-old. So, you know, I worked every summer after that. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, those type of, act, you know, having the freedom, there was always, I, there, there was also um, the parameters of the situation you were in. Like my father and the bosses that I worked for always had expectations of what you had to do as an employee. And so... Uh, you know, you, you, there wasn't even a thought of slacking off or not doing what you were supposed to do. So as much as there was freedom, there was also parameters in what you had, how you had to behave. And I think learning that at a young age was good, uh, not just from my father, but from bosses and whatnot at 12 and 13 and 14. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, um, so you you had this entrepreneurial streak, like you said, uh, which is which is kind of um, obviously just built into who you are, and and you had these these uh, kind of businesses when you were, like you said, which which I always love hearing those stories when you were little because you can see the 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 seed of uh, entrepreneurship and of leadership there. Do you remember um, what comes to mind when you think of one of the first leadership opportunities that really stretched you? or really challenged you out, you know, and, and you felt out of your depth or you had to really learn what comes to mind? Um, well, when I was, um, when I first was in mining exploration, I, I was, I started in the business when I was 17, 18. And then, um, then I went, I went and I served a mission for my church. And I, when I came back after two years, I went back into the industry. So I was 22, 23. And um, I was put into leadership roles you know, only a few years after that, like 24, 25. And, um, you know, I only had probably like five, six years experience in the industry, but I was a crew lead over people that were 10, 15 years older than me. And um, that's not always easy to gain their respect. Um, and uh, I, I never really backed down from it. I wasn't really too afraid, but I always looked at it as the only way that they were going to respect me is if I outworked them. So I really worked hard to, to, if there was a dirty job, I would take it. If it was the, the worst part of the job, I would say, I'll do it. Like whatever was the hardest part or whatever was the most difficult, I would do it. And I always would try to outwork the other guys in the crew so that I was getting more done. I, of course, you don't always do that. But as long as they could see that I was a hard worker, um, I felt like I got their respect. Uh, even though I was 10 to 15 years younger than them. So it, yeah, that's, know, that was that's so good. And that's such a great lesson. Has that like, how, how has that proven true in say, as you, you know, run your own company now, is that, is it the same or as it, does it, does it change? You know, there's always that balance of getting in and doing the work, but then also delegating and, and handing over so that you can think and focus more high level. Um, how, like, is it, are you finding that same principle works or have you had to adapt it a little bit as you've been in different contexts? 
it, there is a bit of adaptation, of course. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the time always to go and do the same thing that my guys do, but I do do it. Like, I mean, say there's a job and I don't have a crew lead, I'll go and do it myself. And that was the original business model that I'd be out there with everybody else. And um, as work increased, I couldn't always be in the areas, you know, doing all of that along with everybody else. But they know, all of my employees and the people who work for me know that I can, I can do it and that I do do it. Like, you know, I don't mind taking the dirty jobs or the hard jobs, you know, and sometimes I'll take the, you know, I'll do a, a crappy, um, I take the crappy contract so that my guys don't have to do it. So I'd rather, you know, I'd rather do those type of things and spare them from having to uh, do the jobs that are a little more unpleasant or challenging in some way. And then uh, Mm. to this day, I don't mind doing those type of that type of work. So I'd rather take, I'd rather take the hit than impose it on them, I guess you could say. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that definitely breeds loyalty and, and um, uh, I can see why people would appreciate that because it's, it's that kind of approach having you know and just having the back of the people that that are that you're leading that um is so valuable um in terms of your career so far brian i'm sure there have been a lot of people who've had a positive influence on your leadership but are there a are there a couple you can pick out who've really played a big part or we taught you a lot from right back from when you were little to to now about leadership and about life um, I was thinking about this a lot. I mean, the first person that really had an impact on my life, of course, was my father. And I, and I got a chance to work for him when I was uh, 17, 18. And he was, not, um, he was not cruel, but he had a high standard for us, to, to my brother and I, to meet when we worked for him. So there was, no, there was always an expectation from him to work hard and to and to be honest and i don't know how to say it but just have the integrity and conscientiousness for your job so that you know you always took pride in what you did you did a good job as best job as you could and you were responsible for what you did you took responsibility and um he was obviously a big role uh role model in my life and uh, i learned a lot about leadership from him uh, I, I I don't lead the same way he did. Um, he had quite a temper, <laughs> but he's since mellowed out quite a bit. But he, in those days, he had a pretty hard temper. But a lot of people in the industry did at that time. So he wasn't that abnormal. But you know, we, we didn't want to disappoint him in that way because you might get yelled at. But <laughs> you know, maybe my cadet training. <laughs> It made me a little less sensitive to it. Uh, I was just not that sensitive to those things anyways as a kid. But then uh, I had another leader when I was a missionary who was uh, my mission president. And uh, he was my mission president for two years. And he he was uh, such a nice fellow that when he would ask us to do things, you would want to do them because you really liked him you really didn't want to let him down he was such so such a loving kind person and it wasn't that my dad wasn't that way but it was just a whole different approach and um, i really liked 
like we wanted to do a good job for him and do what we were supposed to because we really admired him. And so I think that approach also was beneficial for me. And I've, mm. I've tried to, you know, you can't really, when you're, when you're the boss, you can't really be buds with your guys. Like there's always that um, distance that exists there. Like once you become that, that leader, you, you're, you're just not going to be one of the guys anymore. Um, and it's that it's like, not the same way. It doesn't mean you can't cut up with your guys, joke around and everything, but there's a, there's a certain line that you can't really cross with them that that's that type of, um, camaraderie isn't quite, it's not quite the same when you're the boss. So, um, where was I going with this? I think, I think that, uh, I've always tried to maintain that friendliness and um, uh, that the guys know that I have their backs, like you say. Um, I mean, they also know that I'm, I'm out there doing the same work as them. So I'm not somebody who hasn't been in, in the field for 10 years and I forgot what it's like. You know, I'm there and I try to give them the best support I can because I, I was there last week sort of thing, right? Yeah. So it's fresh for me. I, I know there'll be a lot of leaders listening um, who are, you know, we get a lot of listeners who are wanting to step into bigger leadership roles. And so they, that's what attracts them to the podcast. And, um, and I love what you just talked about there around how you can't be, you know, best buds with, with people you lead. It's a really, like, I think that's, um, it's quite controversial like there's a lot that everyone seems to agree on but on this topic it's really interesting you have people on one side who you know we should be family and they're you know they're they're like your best friend and your brother and other people who are like no there's you know you keep um you know you you just can't have any type of connection And, and there's it's really interesting to hear how people talk about it i know you're not at either extreme but for those listening who are wanting to step into leadership I'm interested in your advice. How have you, how have you handled that um, like change where you can't be one of the guys, best buds anymore when you're a leader, like any advice for those who might be stepping into roles where that's going to be their new reality soon? Yeah. It, uh, well, it's one thing from going to being one of the guys to then being promoted and then being a, then a supervisor over those same people that you were one of the guys with. So that's that's a little more challenging than if you're fresh in as a person who is who is fresh in as the crew lead or as the leader, so to speak. So if you're the person who's coming in and as a fresh person, that's not difficult to establish the your the leadership parameters and you know be friendly. Um, and is and is and is I think it's good to have those you know personal relationships where your your people can talk to you about anything and share their problems and concerns with you you really want to hear those problems and concerns from your people you don't want to have like a strict dictatorship where people are afraid to tell you things you have to be able to have people to tell you things honestly if you can't get honesty from your crew or your people you're really in danger and, and then i think um for the person who's just recently promoted, 
I think that you you kind of have to say, well, you know, I'm kind of in this role and I may have to make some decisions that you may not like. It doesn't mean that I don't like you anymore. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate your input, but sometimes we're not always going to agree on how things should be done. And ultimately I have to make, take the responsibility and do things. So don't take it personally. If I don't agree with you, or if I don't always act the way you want me to, it's only that I have to do what I think is, is right. And the decisions mine to make. And so, you know, don't take it personally. And I, th that's the only maybe advice I could tell people. And usually people, usually when somebody gets a promotion it's usually out of merit hopefully it is for most people and then the the the, the other co-workers can see that 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 person has deserved it or they've worked hard for it and that they're stepping up and and sometimes you know if you have a helpful and supportive staff or a company they're going to support you in that and they're going to be happy for you but you know we're not, we don't live in a perfect world and some some people are going to be resentful and maybe a little bit jealous perhaps and they may not always be as supportive as they could be and th those people are, can be difficult to deal with but uh and you just have to be able to let those people settle in and accept the the new dynamic if they can't accept it then you're gonna have to face them on it and have a conversation with them about it I don't mm -hmm. believe in sweeping anything under the rug. You just got to face it head on. If somebody's having an issue, you got to talk to them about it in, in the most clear and earliest way, as you know, clear and early as possible. Clear and early. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And and obviously, cadets, your dad's leadership style. You um you you definitely um didn't grow up in uh, around leadership where things were ignored it was like obviously things got um dealt with and it was very clear and very early um any advice on difficult conversations though what have you learned about when you do have to you know with someone you might really like but you have to have a really hard conversation with them um any advice for people on that oh yeah like um one of the things i think that you have to do is when you when you people people remember um the hard things you say more than the praise so i do think that if you're ever going to have the conversation with somebody you have to make it clear that you only have a problem with this particular action and that overall maybe you're pleased with them or, or talk about the things that you are happy with them about and then say well you know there is only one thing that i have an issue with and this is the one thing you know and and, and i know that you're you know, maybe I know you're better than this, or I know maybe we don't want to do it the same way, but this is the way I want it done. You know, and sometimes there's more than one right way to do things. And you could tell somebody, well, this is the way I prefer. If it's the hard conversation, somebody really making a terrible mistake, then you've got to say, look, you know, I don't think you're a bad person per se, or I don't, I think I really like you, but we have to deal with this issue. And um, make sure they feel supported that you're there to help them make the changes that you want. And that if they're making those changes, that you're going to support them in it. And if they're not willing to make the changes, then, then, they, then they're going to have to take the consequences for that too. So, you know, they have to have that mm. level of respect for you. Yeah, well said. That's so good. Um, Oh, there's so many other questions, uh, questions I could ask. I guess, um, what about an aha moment or a shift in your leadership as you think back over your career so far? Um, that was great to hear about leading older people, like you said, and the challenge of that. 
Any moments that stand out to you where you think there was a, you had a significant aha moment or there was a real shift in your leadership because of something that happened um, that was a bit of a groundbreaking kind of moment for you as a leader? Um, I don't know about a moment, but I do remember the shift that took place when I wasn't one of the guys anymore and that I was, you know, the, the leader. Um, it's recently, I, I guess it, it's recently happened. So it's, this, this, uh, like when I, when I started my company, Skookum, and um, sometimes I, this may sound sort of stupid, but sometimes uh, I do feel like people laugh at some of my jokes that might not have been laughed at before. Uh, <laughs> like just because I'm the boss, maybe. You know, like, I don't know, maybe uh, <laughs> um, there's a little bit, I don't know if that's a subconscious thing on their part or, you know, like, I, I don't think I was funny. I don't think of my, I don't think my sense of humor has improved, but I do notice more people laugh at some of the things <laughs> that, that they used to when I was just like a regular crew guy. So if that makes any sense, sometimes <laughs> people, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just, want to ingratiate themselves to the boss at a subconscious level, or maybe they're just, uh, maybe I am funny or I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, no, that, <laughs> gee, have I grown funnier? What's going on? Uh, that's yeah. so funny. Um, what about, um, so let's jump into some leadership express questions. Uh, are there any mm -hmm. books that come to mind for you that have been, uh, books or podcasts or, um, you know, anything else that's really, that you find yourself gifting to other people or recommending a lot? Um, you know, I've recommended these books to a few younger people and I read them when I was pretty young. I read them when I was a teenager. Uh, um, a couple of books, uh, the power of positive thinking. These are old books, right? These, they're, not, they're still fantastic books though. The power of positive thinking and um, how to win friends and influence people. Those were really great books to read when I was younger. It taught me, those books taught me how to have conversations with people and how to, I'm, I'm, I'm by nature, I'm an optimist. So I'm a very glass half full kind of person. I'm always looking for the upside and positive side of things. So uh, th that went right along with my way of thinking, the power of positive thinking. And I believe, you know, you put out the positivity and it does come back to you. I really believe that if you're, if you're like a downer all the time, you're pessimistic, then people do pick up on that. But if, if, if you're positive and you're confident, your clients feel like that you're there to help them and accomplish what you need to do. But if you're, you know, a downer all the time or pessimistic, then I, I don't think that exudes confidence that, that well with clients or personnel mm. yeah. I think positivity is something that's beneficial and then the other one how to win friends and influence people i think it really teaches people the, the art of the conversation how to how to just get along with other people for my work a lot of times we're in a camp where we're staying in the same tent we're eating our meals together we're sleeping in the same tent together and we're working all day together so you've got to be able to get along with other people and if you you know there's only a few jobs like that you know where you're sort of in those quarters and you're with the same people 24 7 and um you have to be able to get along with people so 
I try. I'm not always perfect at that, um, but I try. And I, it, the conversation's interesting. You know, one of the basic things is to ask people about themselves. People like talking about themselves. And if you just ask them a lot of questions about themselves, it's very interesting. Just as a mental note, you can you can have a conversation with somebody about themselves and just ask them all kinds of questions about themselves. And, and a lot of people don't even ask you one question about yourself. And that's <laughs> that's not bad, but it's just some that's how people get to you know really like having conversations and they like that person that's had a had a you know they'll say oh that person's really cool it's only because you ask them a whole bunch of questions yeah 100 (laughs) percent. it's such a good book how to win friends and influence people um yeah it's yeah uh, it's it's uh it's really stood the test of time hasn't it it has uh, one of my employees wanted to read this book um uh i think it was the 48 laws of power that one you're probably familiar with that one um i've read that one but i don't really recommend it because it's Mm. very it's very malevolent yes it doesn't there's no morals in it and i i i think that's a serious lacking in the in the book i i say look you can read it so you can be prepared how for what things people may try to do against you, but I don't recommend in using the techniques in this book unless you're pretty cutthroat. Yeah. I don't think that that's the best way to be. So no, I agree. Yeah. I don't, I found the same thing. You know, that book is, um, is interesting, but I certainly find the, the 48, is it 48 laws of power that, yeah. that you're right. It, it feels very much like, okay, here's how people, um compete here's how people use power and i certainly found some of them you're like oh wow okay well that might be effective but it's certainly not what i want to do whereas how to win friends and influence people is all positioned from a uh positive win-win framework yeah yes and i i always say this to people i say you know it has to be win-win otherwise it's not going to work and you know i've had a couple of business partners in the past where i said uh, i said if you make a bad deal with somebody, the person who has got the the bad side of the deal is going to be trying to wiggle their way out of that deal all the time. And they're going to build up resentment towards the other party. So why would you want to make a deal like that? Make a deal where both parties are happy and satisfied and they feel like they're both winning. And it's mutually beneficial. That's really what capitalism is supposed to be based on. And so I think that you have to have that sort of attitude with all your relationships. It has to be mutually beneficial. And when it's not, then that's the time for that relationship to change or end. I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Mm -hmm. Um, Next question for you. uh, What about um, a great piece of advice you've received? Can you think back to someone giving you a great piece of advice at some point? Oh, yeah, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I can give you a couple of things, but I just remember, you know, I, this was in cadets as well. It's, this is the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, or another, Well, I'll give you two. So the first one was when I was in cadets, I, I was pretty young. I was probably about 12 or 13. And I was asking these questions. One of the guys said, stop asking stupid questions. Why don't you think about the question you're going to ask before you ask it? And then think if you know the answer already and then figure out if that's a smart question or not. And I was like, uh, it's a real, that was good advice because a lot of times people will ask a question without even thinking it through first. And so by the time I ask a question, I haven't 
I have already thought about it and I don't really know the answer. So it doesn't mean, I mean, people can say there are no dumb questions, but I, I disagree. I do think there's questions that people haven't thought through and are willing to ask. The other, <laughs> the other thing is, is mm. um, uh, just, um, I had a, uh, uh, a supervisor, like a project lead who one time told me, I think there was a problem with something. And then I gave him an explanation and it was somebody on my team. And, um, and uh, I had to like reprimand the person on my team or whatever. And, and he says, well, you know, he says, you got to remember that you are a shield to your men. So you have to shield your men from too much criticism, from negativity, from being unfairly accused of things, all that sort of stuff. And I, I always remembered that as really good advice that when you're a leader, you're a shield for your team. You protect them from outside uh, negativity and distractions and criticisms that are wrong. And uh, if there is valid criticisms, you can take them in and then present them in a way that's positive and that can be accepted. So yeah. I, I think that you have to be a shield for your team. That's one yeah. thing I've learned. That's great. I love that. That's a wonderful picture. Um, last question for you. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Um, I would just say work hard. Work hard is always respected no matter what. If you're the hardest worker in that office, they will, they will always respect you. Or in that whatever that situation is, on the, out in the field, in the bush where I work or whatever, if you're the hardest working person and you're the leader, people will always respect you, no matter what. So if, you were, if you're a hard worker, mm. there's going to be a baseline of respect no matter what. So. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Um, and uh, it reminds me of, um, and I've shared this before, but I, I just love it. You know, Jerry Seinfeld, and I'm a big fan of the Seinfeld um, <laughs> sitcom. And uh, he was on the Tim Ferriss show, which is a great podcast. And uh, uh, Tim Ferriss said, if you if you could just put one thing on a billboard, you know, for, for all the world to see, what would it say? And he said, just just work or just do the work, something like that. And And I remember thinking, wow, even a comedian, even in comedy, the thing that he puts his finger on to say, this has probably been the key to my longevity and consistency is that he just is willing to put in, put in the hard work and just outwork others when it comes to, you know, strategically coming, you know, testing and coming up with new ideas and jokes and making sure they're great before he then tours them or uses them. And, and I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I found it interesting that that was his one thing. So I think that's, um, you know, from uh, from uh, all different sectors and parts of the world and all different industries, it, it's uh, it's true. Um, Brian, for people who've really enjoyed today, how can they connect with you and your company online? Sure. Um, my website is uh, skookumexploration.com. So that's S-K-O-O-K-U-M, exploration.com. And then my social media links are on there. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. That's where I post most of my most of my content that I do post, I put up videos and uh, pictures and whatnot. So awesome. if you want to know what pad building is, you can look at my website to see, see what <laughs> see what pad building is. So yeah. that you have an idea of what the work that we do. So uh, I think it's so cool. <laughs> I will have to check it out. I like I like it. Out of all my activities in mining exploration over 35 years, is the thing I like to do the best now. It's become my favorite. 
Oh, work. good. Well, that so, meant that's uh, you, you've uh, you've done that well to to make that your business then as well. If it's what you enjoy most out of um, out of everything in in uh, in uh, mining and exploration, that's very smart to make that your business. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I really love it. I love what I do, and I try to get people who love it as well and um, just enjoy the work and enjoy mm. what we do. And you know, it doesn't. There's nothing better than that. I, there's not a single day that I've ever not wanted to get up and get out there and get to work. I always am excited to mm. go and do what I do. I, I, wow. I never dread going to work ever. That's I so love cool. it every wow. single day. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. What a great episode. So much fun um, chatting with Brian about, uh, you know, stories all the way, all the way back from childhood and and his dad and cadets. And um, yeah, it's been really, really uh, a really rich conversation. Don't forget, I also have the John O. White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast, two other places you can go to continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying thank you to you, Brian, for being so generous with your time. Um, it's been a real joy to spend time with you. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm enjoying your podcast as well. So thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time 
And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases, you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in Step Up or Step Out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself, and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time. 